the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. I am Seth Liebson, and as we head into Hour 2, it is a privilege to do it with Kurt Schlichter. Kurt Schlichter, you I don't know, is he the king of all media? That Maybe we should give him that appellation now. He is a radio host in his own right. He is an amazing social media presence, and he is an author of too many books to count. But his most recent one is on so many points we talk about just out this month. We'll be back. We'll be back. The Fall and Rise of America. Colonel Kurt Schlichter, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me, Seth. You betcha. But by the way, I'm always interested in how titles come about uh, on your most recent book, We'll Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America. Usually we're used to the construction, The Rise and Fall, and I was curious how you came up with The Fall and Rise. Well, look, you can't rise if you haven't fallen, and America has fallen in the last 30 years. We went from a hyperpower the most, you know, the most politically, economically, culturally, militarily dominating nation in the history of humanity to this ghastly mess full of, uh, you know, twerking drag queen, $7 gas, and uh, President Gumby staggering through the White House like Beavis in Cornholio mode. <laughs> so so we, we got some rising to do, uh, but I think we can, I think we can pull it off. I want to talk to you about the pulling off part. Let's talk about the fall just a little bit more, right? Uh, we need to diagnose the patient in some respects before we give them the medicine. You do both in your new book, Kurt, so it's great. I'm glad you did. You, you focus on, um, on, on some military parts uh, to the American experience in history from uh, the 1991 defeat of Saddam Hussein to uh, the Taliban chasing us out of Afghanistan. And uh, before we get to the military part, if I can share a quote with you, an old teacher of mine, you may or may not have heard of, named Harry Jaffa, once said, he said it about the bison. Oh, I, I, I've heard of him. You, you know of Harry. <laughs> yeah, you know of Harry. He said, in 19, <laughs> he said in 1976 at our bicentennial, uh, he said, in 1776, the United States was, so to speak, nothing promising to become everything. Today we've become everything and promised to become nothing. It was prescient back then, wasn't it, in 1976? Well, it, it, it certainly was, and I think he saw something very important, which is kind of, uh, you know, America is now run by co cultural trust fund babies. They didn't build the institutions. They didn't defend them. They just kind of went to Harvard, got degrees, and they got a chance to run them. And they're unaccomplished people. They're like all trust fund kids. You know, there. Can you think of a, a third generation Kennedy who's, uh, uh, you know, not in rehab? Boy, that puts it in sharp relief. You look at the Kennedys. That's that's a really good example of that. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and that's that's who's running everything. These guys didn't build it. They don't appreciate it. They, they, their loyalty isn't to the institution, much less to the people. It's to their own power. The institutions are simply their gig. They're not their avocation. You know, the, the, the people who built the institution, they actually love the institution. They put the institutions, uh, uh, first and the institutions were there to serve people. Right now the institutions are there to solidify the power 
of these mediocrities. And that's the thing. These are unaccomplished people. They've never done anything. They, I mean, look at Joe Biden. What has he ever actually done? He's gotten titles. He was a senator, and he was allegedly president. But what's he actually done? What, what did Hillary Clinton do besides sleep with Bill at least once? <laughs> at least Nothing. once. Yeah, at least once. Right. Well, you know, that's, that's a point I was kind of trying to get around to a little bit yesterday, uh, Kurt, and it's interesting when you think about Joe Biden and the power he, or at least his administration under his name now, wields. You think about this man, um, I don't think he probably earned one vote for Barack Obama in 2008. I think Barack Obama saved his career. So with that, if we could stipulate to that, you think about this man. He represented Delaware for, you know, decades in the Senate. He couldn't possibly have ever received more than 90,000 votes. He couldn't possibly have. You think about that. He went from 90,000 votes and representing a state like Delaware to striding the stage he now strides. You think about Nancy Pelosi, same thing. This is a woman who in San Francisco routinely has gotten about 100,000 votes every couple of years. She may be even more powerful than Joe Biden. These are the people that are running us, Delaware and San Francisco, based on about the appreciation ongoing of two hundred to 300,000 people at most. It's an odd thing. It's an odd elevation, isn't it? It is odd, and, you know, the, the other factors are, first of all, there's staggering corruption. Yes. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is very, very rich. Bill, uh, and, of course, Joe Biden, Mr. Uh, uh, 10% for the big guy, actually with the inflation numbers, it should be 9.1% for the big guy. Uh, you know, he, he, they've literally done nothing. These are mediocrities at best. Mm-hmm. And they're out there lecturing us as if there are moral and meritorious betters. Well, come on. I mean, they're goofs. No argument. I, I, I never quite know how to respond to you because I don't want to ruin your punchlines, Kurt. You're so good. I never I never quite know how to do the follow-up with yeah. you, the transition. I want it to just kind of sit there pregnantly for a moment. Again, on the military front, if I can just hold that off for one more second, because, you know, you talk about Saddam Hussein's uh, regime being left in smoldering ruins. And just a click before that, we were celebrating the fall of the Berlin Wall. Some of us, probably you included, were warning, okay, while we're celebrating and dancing the defeat of communism abroad, uh, A, it's not totally gone. We still have places like Cuba and China. But B, we have our American universities. And isn't that kind of the driver for some of the problem we have now today, too? We didn't really defeat it abroad so much as allowed it to thrive here at home while we fooled ourselves to thinking we defeated it abroad. Is that a fair assessment? Well, what we did is we believed the uh, hype that history was over. America had won. Liberal democracy was going to go on forever. You remember Francis Fukuyama, yep. the last man? Yep. Yep. We were done. History was over, except... Of course, human nature was never repealed. Right. Our enemies got a vote. We stopped acting like us. We stopped striving. What, 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 instead of striving, America became a nation devoted to maintaining the status quo so the ne'er-do-wells or losers who took over our institutions, our, our ruling caste, could maintain its sinecures. That became the purpose. That's right. You know, they've been, it, 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 it's like Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Right? It's a bunch of people feeding off the corpse yes. of, of a society. And, they, and, and it was a, it's a big rich corpse. They've been able to do it for years. 
and with, with minor upticks like uh, uh, the, the time under Donald Trump, for 30 years it's been downhill to the point that, you know, you've got twerking transsexuals in kindergarten. Um, and America, the American people have got to make a decision. Is, is, do we want to continue this decline? And I think I'm say, you know, we're, we're seeing the rise of America. We're seeing Americans saying no. And that's evidenced by people going to school boards. That's evidenced by the backlash that elected uh, Glenn Youngkin. It'll be uh, evidenced by the 2022 election. And it's evidenced by uh, the Latinx voters going 50% for Republicans, which is mind-boggling considering the Democrats went all in thinking they've got a new surf class that will forever give them their votes in exchange for a few scraps. And that didn't work out. So there's a, we are rising. But it's going to be frustrating. The enemy's going to get a vote. They're going to fight back. They're going to fight to hold on to things. And we've got to pry their little claws off it. You know, I love your optimism, and it's 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 a little ironic, to, uh, at least from my from my position. You're in California, and you uh, are of the belief that we're about to have a great reawakening or a great relearning, if I can use Tom Wolfe's phrase. I'm in Arizona, and I'm sitting here fifty fifty on whether the twerking ethic and ethos is dominant, or whether and 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 an administration like Trump's is an aberration, or whether. You know, the twerking in trans and CRT stuff is aberrational, and we're going to have uh, Trumps and DeSantis's perhaps uh, for years to come. But you're more optimistic that the latter is coming, right? Yeah, well, look, I, I, I think the, uh, the twerkocrats are a loud minority with access to media. Okay. I think normal people, and including normal Democrats, who are, are turning Republican. I mean, like, like, again, 50% of Latinos... Are, are, are now identifying as Republicans. Yeah. The, in, the, in the previous midterms, Latinos went 47% more for Republicans. This is a seismic shift. And it, it comes, uh, you know, look, the free show Democrats, the Torquocrats, can only win when no one is looking. That's a great when point. Or paying attention to their, you know, little league games and barbecues. That's a great point, and I like. Did you just come up with Torquocrats? I love it. I love yes, it. I did. I love I'm, it. I'm We're going to put a TM on that. <laughs> We're going to TM it. Kurt Schlichter is our guest. His brand new book will be back: The Fall and Rise of America. And he and I will be back as well. Quick commercial break, and then more from Colonel Kurt Schlichter when we return. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Kurt Schlichter is our guest. He is a prolific author. You, many of you know him from uh, guest hosting several radio shows across these Salem platforms. He is a uh, litigation uh, attorney in uh, based in California, and his brand new book is "Will Be Back: The Fall and Rise of America." Uh, Kurt, let's um, let's let's focus on the rise part now because uh, I'm. I'm I'm expecting that we're going to do really well in November. I'm expecting that the left has overplayed their hand. I'm expecting that the rest of the country is um, going to say we took kind of a bit of a holiday and it didn't turn out so well uh, in putting the socialists back in office. And yet, yet, I still see the stories out of... Um, well, let's take the one that's been bothering me this week. The one that's been bothering this me this week is out of the Department of Defense and all the social and emotional oh. learning they're undertaking over there. 
I used to think, uh, along with Michael Barone, that hard America would take over soft America. I worry a little bit about, you know, the DOD looking more like a Harvard sociology department. Well, that, that, look, that is something to worry about. I was a colonel. I was about yeah. 27 years in the military. Yeah. Uh, I'm not that worried. People okay. were, how can the military fall over? Well, look, soldiers do what the commander checks. Okay. If the commander-in-chief, or at least our alleged commander-in-chief, uh, checks wokeness, you're going to get wokeness. That's what's important to him. That's what he gets. Uh, people who want to get promoted conform to it. Uh, you know, the, the, the commander gets to choose his priority. If he wants to choose war fighting, Right. Yep. The war fighting, and that happened after Vietnam. We had a uh, uh, we had a, a, a failed military after Vietnam, and by changing uh, the focus back to combat readiness, we had a combat ready army. So that by the time I was in Desert Storm in 1991, you know, we had the greatest military, uh, arguably in human history. Right. And it, it, it can come back, and it's important that it do come back because we have to protect the. Uh, America, that's the most important world government. But it's also important because it will show the people that things can turn around. And it's the easiest thing to turn around because the military is a hierarchical organization. If you have a commander-in-chief who is not intimidated by general and who understands uh, that he's the commander-in-chief and he gets to choose and is willing to devote that time, time is usually important, the most important resource, uh, you know, I, I can give you more beans, more bullets, more people, more tanks, whatever. I can't give you more time. If you devote time to, uh, you know, an hour, two hours a day for a few months, uh, he will get a military back. And the way you do it, you know, you fire generals, and you tell the general, you guys are going to do this. You are not going to have any more diversity, inclusion, equity stuff. It's over. No more pride months. No more uh, seminars. No more briefings about pronouns. That's all done. General, you understand me? You're going to come back here in five days. You're going to brief me on how you've implemented my intent. If you don't implement my intent, I'm going to relieve you, and your deputy will do it. And if your deputy does, I will relieve him. And so I find somebody, some general who will go out there and say, we're not doing this anymore. We're going to learn about fighting again. And you fire a couple of generals, and uh, the other generals will see. Good. And they will take notice, and they will conform. But you have to be a commander. A commander-in-chief should be a commander. You have to be a commander. You, you state your intent, and you vigorously enforce it. And then you don't have to do it much. Because you know, you've given you know, me uh, hope because you're you know, right. You, you set the standard, and they'll hearken to it. Yeah, no, it, you're right, though. It can happen fast. It just dawns on me how fast it happened in reverse. It seemed yeah. like, right, only yesterday... If a uh, man walked into a woman's shower in, or barracks in the yeah. military, uh, they, the, the woman would have had uh, Gloria Allred uh, uh, and Katie Couric yeah. on their side in a minute, and now we're writing manuals on how to implement exactly yeah. that. That's, that's a quick change. Because, yeah. yeah, because the commander-in-chief said, right. that's what we're going to do. Right, right. So he found people who would do it. And, of course, if I was advising the uh, commander, ex-commander-in-chief, and gosh, I hope I am, I would advise him to put a little box on his desk and say, generals, if you don't like what I'm doing, you can deposit your stars here. Good. Good. You know, if you, if you want to retire, you guys are, you know, you're a general, you got over 20 years, you can retire. Good. If you believe so strongly that men pretending to be women need to uh, 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 be in the military and uh, that we all have to pretend they're women too, if you think that's so important 
that you can't, in good uh, good conscience, enforce my order to the contrary. That is the order that has predominated for most of the 5,000 years of organized uh, warfare until the last three. Uh, you, you can deposit your stars in this box, and you can leave, and, and, and you can go retire. But you don't get to stay here and not do it. So you can quit. I can fire you, or you can follow my intent, because I got elected, and I get to make the rules. That's how you do it. And, gosh, Kurt, we're talking to Kurt Schlichter. His book will be back, The Fall and Rise of America. Kurt, I hope you do advise the next president of the United States. If you are advising the next president of the United States and you are giving your own press conference, what would you want the president and the American people to know about China right now? Uh, China is a tough adversary. It is a great nation in the sense that it has a long history. It's not exactly a military, it was not exactly a, a great military history. China is not known for being, uh, uh, you know, a, a like Sparta or a Rome or, or even the United States, but it has a powerful military now. One of the advantages is we have a longer military tradition, particularly a naval tradition. Um, although the China, China has an ancient tradition, but it doesn't, in a lot of ways, it doesn't uh, uh, jive with the current. So that, that is, that's an advantage we have there. Uh, China made a deal with its people. It said, we're going, to not, we're going to be a dictatorship, but we will make you prosperous. You won't have freedom, but you will have money. And the Chinese understand about freedom because so many of them have been in the United States. And free, when Hong Kong was free, they, they've been there, and they, they understand it, and they, they, they've agreed to this bargain to the extent they can agree on everything. The problem with communists and the problem with dictators is why they can have kind of a simulation of a free market. They can't really have a free market. It's a very unstable system. And when their economy goes south, which it will, then you're then they're going to have the problem of, you know, hey, you promised us prosperity to take our freedom. Now we don't have prosperity. Now we want our freedom. No. And the communist government's not going to want to give that up. So that makes them very unstable. Uh, that's why you see him pushing nationalism so much. If you look at China, if you look at Chinese movies and things, they don't import a lot of American movies. They make their own, and many of them are pretty belligerent kind of movies. Is that right? Is that Very right? national. I did not realize that. Oh my gosh! Yes, their biggest hit is a uh, telling from the Chinese for, uh, side of the Chosen Reservoir Battle. Oh, perfect. Uh, and that, that's a huge hit there. And, of course, they think they won. And, of course, a few victories like that, there wouldn't be many more Chinese. That's right. But, that's right. That's right. A few more victories like that. A few more victories uh, uh, for this country with the likes of Joe Biden. And there won't be this country yeah. anymore. Kurt Schlichter, you are a uh, treasure. Your book will be back, The Fall and Rise of America. It's still summertime, folks. You need summer reading, books for the beach, books for your vacation, or books for serious study. This is it. We'll be back. The Fall and Rise of America by Kurt Schlichter. Colonel, as always, many thanks, sir, and Godspeed. Thanks for having me, sir. You betcha. We'll talk to you soon. I'm Seth Leibson, and we will be right back. So which are brought to you by Balance of Nature. I take it every day. Pure, potent plant power, 100% natural, not 99 or 99 percent not 99 and 44 one hundredths it's 100 percent every part of it pure potent plant power blend of 15 whole fruits excuse me 15 whole vegetables 16 whole fruits and it's the best 
product I've ever taken to boost my immunity, health, and energy. Balanceofnature.com if you're interested. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Jason and Phoenix, thank you, sir, for your patience. I know you've been on hold a while. How are you, sir? Doing great. That was a great interview with the colonel. I, you know, I, I got a lot of feedback on it uh, during the break, and um, I'll just tell you, um, I'll just tell you that he's he's so good. He's a hard interview because he's so dang funny, you know, and he's just hard to follow with. You're laughing at his thought before. <laughs> Why well, yeah, it's important for you to actually get the next question? He's so good, though, isn't he? He's just special. Yeah, he's he's great. Yeah. And, uh, wanted to get back to you know your earlier point I, I totally agree with you that you know it's president trump's decision whether or not he wants to i run. think he earned the right that's my point I, you can disagree and i'm open to it but i think he just earned the right to it that's all no i, I totally agree do you think i'm not sure on the timing of that announcement do you think that timing uh, of when he decides is going to way the midterms at all you know so as last i saw jason great question last i saw he said he was he's made up his mind i guess he did an interview with new york magazine i kind of wished he didn't do that interview i mean i don't know why he's giving these lefty outlets his time but they they haven't earned it but in any event he said there that he's made up his mind just not the announcement but before that i saw he said he will make his announcement after the midterms so all of that is, is certainly consistent and your question's an interesting one if he made it earlier um, would that impact the elections? I I don't know how to judge that one. Um, the Democrats seem to think that Trump is an albatross for us. They seem to think he's a weight for us because they're always mm-hmm. trying to tar us as everyone is being a Trump supporter and every and 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 Donald Trump being a white supremacist. We're all white supremacists. That's their syllogism, isn't it? So I I don't know how it plays out, but I suppose. It solves a lot of our problems in the party, would be my first thought. See, I don't know if you're like me, Jason, and some other friends of mine. They're driving around noticing a lot of Republican signs for the primary, and not that many Democrats, right? Not that many Democrat signs. Why is that? Well, one of the reasons is the Democrats don't do what the Republicans do. They kind of figure out who their person is for the most part. I mean, here and there, there's some races. But for the most part, they figure out who the main person's going to be, who the main guy and gal's going to be. They rally the troops. The party says this is it. The party apparatus says this is it. And that's who they go with. The Republicans don't do it that way. They let us battle it out uh, the way we battle it out. And so our energies are directed against each other a little bit more so than they are against the opposition where the Democrats have their person. They can run against Republicans all day and all night because they don't have to run against themselves. So maybe in a sense, if he did announce before the midterms um, and before all of the primaries are exhausted, that would help, you know, put us in some form of more unity. Maybe I'm thinking out loud with you. What's your thought on that? Yeah, no, I, I, or, or your I thought on your question. What's your what's your th- answer to your own question? What does it help or hurt if he announces sooner? I'm I'm trying to figure it out. That's why I was just, I was just curious to you. But I, I I hear what you're saying, and I you know I'm a little leery. Um, you know I I don't know if you followed what's been going on in Illinois, but I think the Democrats. You know we know that they were with related to the governorship. They were heavily invested in in a candidate um, on the Republican side on the Republican primary that. They, they, they know will be an, an easy defeat for right. the uh, governor. Right. So that's why I'm just yeah. focused on the midterms. Well, the thing is, I, you know, the question up. is different. See if you agree with me on this. The question would be different if Trump were an easy defeat. I don't think he's an easy defeat. 
Yeah, that's what I think makes the question so interesting. I don't think he's an easy defeat. I remember I remember uh I was on an airplane with uh one of George W. Bush's brothers. I guess it was Neil cuz that would have been the only one who who would it would have been. Neil Bush was on an airplane seat in front of me on an airplane ride about 3 months into the Obama administration. You may recall those 3 months weren't that good. And, you know, Bush was left office in, you know, not great odor. You know, he wasn't that, uh, you know, that, that loved as he was leaving office. And I said to Neil, I said, uh, boy, they're missing your brother now, don't you think? You know, I th- you know, for all all the Sturm and Drang and alarms and excursions about Donald Trump, I think people are finally realizing, you know, we, 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 it would be a trade up to have him right now. It would be a massive trade-up to go back to the way things were, where we could afford to drive to work, we could afford groceries, and we weren't going to tin pot dictators hat in hand for our energy needs. Jason, thank you. Uh, We'll be right back. I just love the way he bends a note when he bends it. Man, he does it. So well, that way Frank Sinatra does for those listening on the podcast, send in the clowns. He does it like that with Old Man River, too. No one could bend a note like him, as far as I was concerned. It's, it's got to be one of the top. It's probably not one of the top ten because people don't think this way about, <coughs> excuse me, Frank Sinatra anymore. But it's got to be one of the, if you listen to that whole song, send in the clowns in Sinatra's rendering of it, it's got to be, at least uh, at least by my uh assessment one of the top 10 uh love falling apart i guess you call them breakup songs i hate to think about breakup songs but it's got to be right it's just got to be i suppose that he has another one too uh which is uh, uh uh one for my baby one for the road in any event uh let us focus on good things um not bad carpenters <laughs> okay a lot of music here mike is in maricopa sorry for doing am rock hi mike thanks for your patience oh boy you're yeah drifting. you're drifting i was that. drifting there a little you get me on you get me on about five topics and you'll never get me you know felix i'm doing it now felix frankfurter was a famous supreme court justice mike and uh his wife once said uh my husband makes two mistakes when he talks he deviates from the text, and he never returns. And I, I, I have that problem, <laughs> and if you want to get me off point, you just have to use one of five triggers. Usually anything involving music, uh, particularly Sinatra or Trump or country or something like that. Uh, not Trump, Trumpet. <laughs> Sorry, Sinatra, Trumpet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can, I can do it with barbecue. I can, you'll get me off topic if we're talking running or biking. You'll get me off topic if we talk about Sasquatches. There's a few. Anyway, I drifted. Mike, go ahead, sir. Drifted. I hey, drifted. speaking of that, Trumpets, I was uh, over at Goodwill today, and there they had a, an LP, a record of Chuck Mangione, and I was going to get that for you and send it off. Oh, you're but, so uh, sweet. Just... You're so kind. Yeah, there you go. You're so but kind. But anyway. I, I, I did a trivia question in a party uh, of people who should know better because they are over 50 uh, uh, about two months ago. Uh, for some reason, Chuck Mangione came up. I think we were talking about what a big hit his song "Feels So Good" was. Bill, will you go out with "Feels So Good" by Chuck Mangione? And I did a, I just did a, um, you know, I, I was curious to see what people knew, and I did the cocktail party. I said, "What was Chuck Mangione's instrument?" 
I got every answer but the right one. The flugelhorn. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I got French horn. I got trumpet. I got trombone from people who should know better, Mike. That's why we do this here. That's right. We're, we're fixing the world. Anyway. There, here we go. One, one trumpet at a time. There, yes, you, go. there you go. <laughs> so anyway, okay, uh, real quick. Uh, you played at the very beginning of the broadcast this New York City yes. public service announcement yes. about uh, nuclear blast. Yeah, it's really now, a PDA more than a PSA. It's a public disservice announcement. Yeah, that's for sure. The uh, they the the person had said, well, it doesn't matter where it comes from or who did it. It's already done, and this is the big one. Yeah. So we're we're not we're talking about about an actual nuclear blast. Yeah. We are not talking about a dirty weapon. That's that right. Somebody. That's right. Went up to the top of the Empire State Building and opened up. A yeah. You you have the text exactly base. right. I'm looking at it right now. So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why. Just know that the big one is hit. So what do we do? Yeah. The big one is not a suitcase. That is 100% correct. And then they go in and they said, avoid windows. Now, that's usually <laughs> that, that's, that's acceptable if you are aware of a, the, the, you've been given a heads up that the blast is coming. If, if the, the big one has already come, the windows have already been blown. And I'm kind of speaking of about from a little bit of knowledge. I was in Desert Storm, and I was extensively trained in nuclear, biological, and chemical. Uh, the next thing is uh, the fallacy. Uh, of can I ask you about said. that, Mike, on that one? Do you remember the issue about – I was going to say, too, as long as we're being a little, a little cheeky about this, uh, but with a serious point underneath it, uh, I thought you were going to say that it would be useful – only if you knew ahead of time what kind of nuclear bomb, because wasn't the neutron bomb supposed to leave the edifices intact and just kill people? That is correct, but that's not really been developed. It's I mean, it's not that they haven't detonated those, but it's that they have done that before, and it's scientific. Yeah, it was kind of more of a myth around it, wasn't it? Of, yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. And and the, the and that kind of brings us into this next step because the uh, neutron bomb it doesn't really have a what we perceive as like a bikini atoll nuclear blast. Uh -huh. It was more of a small blast, right. but it emitted it emitted a lot of neutrons right. that was right. is related to an electromagnetic pole. Right. That's why they want you to thing, shower. Yeah. Well, <laughs> n n well, those those are more. Well, you're really trying to get rid of the alpha and the more, especially the beta and gamma rays, yeah. and not necessarily the neutrons. But the the next thing that they had said was to tune into your radio, follow well, the media. You know, yeah, follow the media. So okay, so with the nuclear blast, the big one, like yeah. the spokesperson said, <laughs> there's right. going to be an extensive electromagnetic pulse. Yeah, that means your your car is gone because yeah. it has all kinds of computer. Yeah, chips. like in the day You're after Jason Robards' a... car stopped. Remember? Yeah. No. That is correct. Right. There's not going to be any cell phones. Right. And how many people carry a radio around with them? Not too many people today. But even if you did have one, not only is the radio not going to work because the circuits have been fried by the EMP, plus the transmitter at the radio station is fried too. Because so you're not going to get any 
information from the government. The next thing is, is the bag to clothing. Okay. Yeah. Name me five people that carry around a garbage bag <laughs> in their, in their purse. Or well, in they, their will Mike, they will they now, Mike. They will now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and then, uh, okay. So, uh, maybe we can take a sponge bath or something, but where are you going to get five gallons of water from right. to take even a small shower? Right. Because bear in mind, there's no power. That's right. You turn on the spigot, there is nothing flowing out of that spigot. Oh it reminds me of the Superdome after Katrina. Yeah. These people were locked in there. Right. They couldn't take anything with right. them. They couldn't take toilet paper, water, food, or nothing. They just got to go in there, and they were at the mercy of whatever was was going on. And uh, that would have been, I guess it's after the fact now, but with Colonel Schlichter that you just interviewed, because obviously he was in Desert Storm, he's been extensively schooled in NBC, and he would have been a a good person to uh, query on... uh, his observation. Mike, Mike hold the line. You're, you're on to big stuff. You got a little more on the other side of the break. You're welcome to do it. I do have to take the break and give you a little of the aforementioned French horn of Chuck Mangione. We'll be right back. Portions of the show are brought to you by the good people at Y-Refi. They are good people because they are doing really well by doing good for others, and you can be too if you are interested in a unique investment opportunity that they are offering, which is a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Check them out, investyrefi.com. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm. They're based here locally. You can visit them. Give them a call if you want, 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. You will not get a sales pitch. They'll just tell you about their business, their business model, and let it speak for itself. It will speak volumes. Mike, are you still with us? Mike in Maricopa? I am. I had another question about the water, and then I'll let you finish your point if you want. But wouldn't the water, if you could get it, be irradiated? No. Okay, why not? That's only from the particles of the fallout that have been irradiated. Part of it has to do with how close to the surface the blast was. If it's a higher aerial burst, like at 40,000 feet, where you're going to get the maximum effect of the EMP, or is it a surface burst? But still, again, you've got alpha, beta, and gamma. And the gamma is the most dangerous particles that you have. And most of the stuff that you're going to get is alpha and beta. And those are still the, the... the, the canned food, the water in the pipes, it does, it's not, it, it, a lot of people hear radiation and they get this, oh, you know, it just radiation goes through everything and makes it all glow in the dark. No, it has to be exposed. And, and it's not only that the alpha, the beta, and the gamma particles have to come in contact, but they have to come into direct contact, but it's not going to make the water or the food radioactive. It's only because you're consuming those radioactive particles. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You should have done this public service announcement for them. 
Well, yeah. Well, you know, it would be the same thing if you want to use a crude analogy. Let's go to a hospital. Let's go to, into the radiology department, and they're using radiation to take x-rays all the time. Right. Now, they've got sinks and bathrooms in there, but the water does not become radioactive. Great point. Great answer. Gosh. Stay close, Mike. We're going to need you. We're going to need you. <laughs> Your expertise is rare and valuable. Thank you. Good as gold. Worth your weight in gold. You all are. We've got a lot coming up. Bethany Mandel, my monologue, and a lot more than that. Don't go away. We will be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.